peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good Welcome, welcome to the Brook Nam experience. <laughs> I'm joking. I do not think I am Joe Rogan. Not even close. That man is a podcast superstar. So I was studying my Bible today, and today is what I consider one of my, uh, let's call it a snow day. It's one of those days where I've studied, looking at some different things and was really unsure about some stuff. And so I thought it best just to keep quiet on what I was studying and looking into today. But there is something I would like to do. The Bible does say, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. So I want to have another one of my peacemaking sessions or an attempt to make peace because there's a lot of um I wouldn't even call it debate I would call it arguing going on right now within the country people can't seem to see eye to eye and get along to save their lives it's a lot it's a lot um I had an experience via Twitter, probably, uh, I want to say maybe six months ago or so, maybe a little longer than that. There's a, a hip hop artist that I've I listened to growing up, always respected his artistry, Talib Kweli. Talib Kweli had some differences with a a guy I follow on social media, Maj Touré. Maj Touré is a Second Amendment advocate, uh, libertarian. Um, and, and, you know, I, I disagree with Maj Touré all, very often on many things, but I do believe he is a very objective dude. And there was some sort of disagreement between Talib Kweli and Maj Touré. Um, so I'm, and I'm, this is the funny thing. The funny thing is I don't even really use Twitter every now and again, there'll be a news story that'll go out and there'll be a Twitter link and that will send me to Twitter. And then I'll get on Twitter and I'll be active for a day and a half, two days. And then I'm off again. I rarely use it. So something led me to Twitter, got on Twitter, you know, saw all of that going down. So I just left a, a simple comment. I don't remember the exact wording of the comment, but the idea was, hey, man, it was, it was something to the effect of, you know, I've, I've followed Maj Touré for a while, and I think he's actually a pretty reasonable dude if you, you know, were to sit down and talk with him. Now, realistically, I never expected nor thought he would respond to what I said. But what I did think is 
there would be some discourse between maybe me and his followers. Now, naive of me to think you could actually have a reasonable conversation on social media, let alone Twitter. To my surprise, Talib Kweli actually responded directly to me. And me and him went back and forth on Twitter for probably a good 30 minutes. And I never said anything disparaging of him or his character. I just mainly pointed out that, hey, maybe if you guys sat down and had a, you know, a, a talk, you could you could hash out your differences. And, you know, as I said, I explained that from everything I have seen, I believe Maj Touré is a very reasonable person to sit down and have a conversation with. Well, Talib Kweli was having none of that. He went on my Twitter page and he saw where I reposted some stuff from Glenn Beck. And I guess for him, that was the ah, gotcha moment. So what he did is he came back and said, I see you post some stuff from Glenn Beck. He's a racist. And I simply said to him, look, man, I've, I've listened to Glenn Beck for a number of years and I have never seen anything that points to him being a racist, but my eyes are not everywhere. Maybe you have seen something that I didn't see. And if you have some information I don't have, I would be welcome to look at this information and accept the correction. And I, I can't remember the exact wording of the discourse, but it went something to the effect of, what do you mean you don't know Glenn Beck's a racist? And I was like, man, you know, I always had respect for uh, Talib and I always thought he was a very well thought out MC and I thought he was a, a very well read individual. What I'm learning as I get older is <laughs> not all books are equal and not all information is equal. But with that being said, he posted some articles and tagged me in articles alleging that Glenn Beck was racist. Now, in the articles he posted, nothing I saw gave any credence to Glenn Beck being racist. But I realized what was happening. I wasn't arguing with him. I was just presenting a some legitimate reasoning and versus actually sit down, take the time to hear what I was saying. He went on the attack. Now, I never attacked him. I never returned in kind. Uh, both him and some of his followers were on the attack. It didn't bother me at all. Social media, who cares? But to me, that's indicative of a bigger problem. We in the United States, for, for what it's worth, at least right now, we have freedom of speech. Now, how much longer that freedom of speech will last? Who knows? It might last another generation or two. It might go away in the next couple of years, who knows the way things are going these days? You just never know. But we have freedom of speech and we have freedom of religion. Well, what that means is in a country the size of the United States, that means that you're always going to have people who don't see eye to eye with you, even in the body of Christ. There's people that don't see eye to eye on many issues. The thing about that is. If we are not at the point where we can have a conversation and also have our ideas challenged, where are we? Where do we go from there? How do we move forward if we can't have a simple conversation where we disagree? 
anybody who has who is married or has been married, you know, the one thing that you have to learn to do, you have to learn how to disagree and have a conversation. Both of those things can exist at the same time. You can disagree and have a conversation. It does not have to be an argument. You do not have to be at each other's throats. And the thing is, if if you if me and, if me and you or me and any person disagree on an issue and I feel as though I'm being attacked, I'm more prone not to listen to what they're saying. I think that's human nature. I think we're all pretty much the same way. Now, I'm I grew up in a different era, so I tend to have thicker skin at times. I'm not going to say I'm I'm never offended. That just wouldn't be true. But for the most part, I don't really have an issue disagreeing with a person and moving past that. And I think that's where we've come. We have come to the point where if I disagree with you, my first thought is to shut you down, to get rid of your thought. This is something that I'm learning and something that I'm practicing more and more especially these days. It used to be where, you know, I follow different people on social media and I listen to a myriad of different things. And there was a point where the people I listened to, if they were to espouse some idea or some thought that I didn't like or didn't didn't agree with, my initial thought was I'm shutting that person out. I don't want to listen anymore. Then I had to stop myself and think, "Wait a minute. First of all, I'm not right about everything. That's the first thing. And second of all, if you're afraid of your thoughts being challenged, does that forfeit your, I'm trying to think of the, the word there. Does that forfeit your right standing position? Meaning if I don't want my thoughts to be challenged, is it because I don't believe my thoughts hold water? And I think a lot of people, that's what the problem is. They don't know if their thoughts hold water, so they don't want to hear the other side of the argument. They just want their echo chamber and they want to hear what they've always heard. This happens in the body of Christ. It happens in politics. It happens in academia. People don't like to be challenged. Um, And really, you don't move forward if your thoughts are not challenged. This is one of the reasons why. I love to watch debates. Now, me personally, I can't debate. I wouldn't be able to debate to save my life. I'm not quick on my feet. I need time to think through things. I need time to sit down, hear a question and prepare an answer. I'm, and I need to be better at answering on the fly. I know I do, but I'm just keeping it real. I'm being honest. I'm not good at it. I want to be good at it. And I've been and what here's the thing here's the here's the the greatest thing i've learned in that regard i am getting better one of the reasons i was always terrible at giving an answer on the fly is because i wasn't listening it's hard to answer when you're not really listening so that being said i'm learning but there's many who don't want their thoughts challenged because they don't even believe in their own thoughts. They're not really ready to stand on their thoughts and have those thoughts stand against scrutiny. If your thoughts can't stand against scrutiny, what are they? How strong are they? Doesn't that matter? 
How do we move forward as a society if our thoughts cannot withstand scrutiny? And that's one of the reasons why I think the degradation in social and national conversations happen because we're we're being placed in these bubbles where we only hear arguments and we only hear ideas that agree with our ideas. I read so much stuff. I listen to so many podcasts with varying thoughts and different ideas that I definitely do not subscribe to. That the one thing I'm learning is one, you don't know how to present your ideas to someone who believes something else if you if you never hear what other people believe. You have no idea how to package your ideas and contain your ideas in a way that it makes sense to them because you don't know what they believe. And I think that's what's going on in a lot of social conversations. And I think that's why people are butting heads so hard. This is this is why I believe what these social media companies are doing, these technocrat overlords, as I call them, is actually going to blow up in their face. Because if the idea is they're going to remove all. All conversation that goes in a certain direction, right, they only want to remove certain people who think a certain way. Humans naturally and instinctively love drama whether any of us want to admit that or not you look at a website like world star hip-hop what made world star hip-hop so popular it's the fact that you could go on there and watch people fighting and watch all kind of drama along with a lot of other wickedness that went on that website don't really recommend it but anyway that's what made the website thrive i think what made or what makes uh, a social media platform publisher now such as Twitter survive is the discourse. It, I mean, I'm keeping it real. It's the drama. It's the fact that so many people vehemently disagree. Now, the way these disagreements happen across social media, I wish would change, right? Like we could vehemently disagree without personally attacking someone else. I can disagree with you strong, vehemently, and not personally attack you. And we can leave on peaceful ground like, all right, we just agree to disagree. But to me, in my opinion, that's what makes these social media companies thrive. And here is what I predict. I predict if these companies succeed in removing one side of the aisle I believe they will collapse because it will be boring. It'll be people getting on there and just everybody agrees this this agreement utopia. And I'm telling you, the drama is what makes social media what it is. Look at reality TV. You think anybody would watch reality TV if there was no drama on it whatsoever? No matter what the reality TV show is, it could be a reality TV show about cooking they're going to throw some drama in there because drama sells. Drama attracts eyeballs. That's just the bottom line. But another problem that will happen in this, if you, if you remove a certain part of the, the conversation, um, Charlie Kirk, who is, um, 
he runs Turning Point U Turning Point USA, he says something that I actually like. The solution for hate speech is more speech, right? Like if if your solution for combating bad ideas is to shut out all those ideas you don't like, then what happens when your ideas become bad ideas and they're never challenged? That's a problem that you actually create a bigger problem than you that you create the problem you thought you were getting rid of. Put it that way. And in a national conversation, I think we need to be able to disagree and move on. You have people that won't talk to someone if they're voting for Biden. You have people that won't talk to someone if they're voting for Trump. You have people that if you support this policy or that policy, me and you can't be cool. That is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I might disagree with you. We, we might not see eye to eye on, you know, a myriad of issues, but that doesn't mean I can't sit down and have a conversation with you. That's what we're getting to. I think that is super childish. And I think that's what foster fosters this animosity between people. You and so this is what I see happen. The things that I see happen out in the world are the things that normally find their way into the body of Christ. We are supposed to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And oftentimes it's the world that's having an effect on us instead of the other way around. There are brothers and sisters in Christ out there who we don't agree on every single doctrinal issue. As far as salvation, we agree. We're on board. Everything's good. But we might have differences on certain doctrinal issues that in a grand scheme of things, uh, either one of us could be wrong. Now, what happens a lot of times in that area is we have adopted this, the mentality the world has where, okay, if we don't see eye to eye on this issue, we can't, we can't really talk about anything off jump. This is utter foolishness. You're not going to think exactly like someone else. There's, there's, there are things that are up for debate in the Bible. Things that maybe to someone else might be clear and maybe to me, not so clear yet. And maybe I have a thought on something and maybe that thought is not necessarily 100% accurate. So what happens when someone comes along and says, oh, you said this? Nah, we can't really, I can't really chill with you because I don't believe that. It's like, all right, bro, like, are you saved? Do we, do we agree on salvation? What the Bible says about salvation? All right, give me time and space to grow. And see, I think the same thing happens with the with conversations about whatever it is in, in a social environment. The man I am now is not the man I was 20 years ago. Now, granted, 100 percent salvation has everything to do with that. But I was maturing and my, my thought process was changing even before I got saved. As you have life experiences, things change. 
you might understand something a little better than you understood before. You might not have the same thoughts on a certain issue that you had before. I think we need to get to the point where we understand to expect to go through life and agree with everything you hear. That's a foolish expectation. You're going to hear things you don't like. You're going to hear things you don't agree with. They're going to be ideas that you don't like. You're going to have ideas and say things that other people don't like. The key is we have to be able to have those thoughts, ideas, sit down, have a conversation and move on. Can you imagine? Where, like, Think about this. Consider this. The form of government we have now which, in my personal opinion, is a pretty decent form of government, a democratic republic. A lot of this was born out of conversations held by Greek philosophers. Now, imagine if those philosophers never had these conversations and and because they disagreed, they were at each other's throats and we didn't have any of these conversations go on because this form of government went from Greece to Rome and throughout the world. Now, again, I'm not saying that this form of government is perfect. That's not what I'm saying. My point being is when you really think about it, the things that we have experienced um, good from the Democratic Republic that we live in, talking about the United States uh, mostly, these things were born out of conversations. Greek philosophers matching wits going toe to toe about different ideas, flushing these ideas out, seeing which ideas stood and rose to the top and which ideas fell to the wayside. An actual conversation across an ideological aisle, a doctrinal aisle, can lead to some good things if you can have it maturely. We don't have to agree I don't have to like your ideas. You don't have to like my ideas, but we all benefit if we can sit down and discuss these ideas and not go back and forth as far as being at each other's throats with these ideas. My thoughts. You may agree. You may disagree. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.